clinical Up. clinical Clinical Population Population Clinical Population Population Clinical Population My name is Gabby I'm John And I'm Michael And welcome to Clinical Population Introducing music therapists to new bops and new bops to music therapy. I did it without Allison. No one does that better than Allison. Come on now. That was that was pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um, folks, we've got John and Mike. Hey, hey. Hello. And how's everyone doing today? Pretty good. Yeah, doing great. Yeah. Just um, you know, as a Professor getting through the spring semester. It's getting to crunch time. It's tax time for everybody out there, too. Conference season is wrapping up, and, uh, you know, springtime's coming, so it's a, it's a busy time. It's also conference proposal season as well. Yes, got to get those conference proposals in. Yep. I know. I don't understand why the proposals are, like, right after regional conference ends. Yeah, it takes a long time to plan. Plus, uh, World Federation. Oh yeah, yeah. that's South true. South Africa, twenty twenty. South Africa. Maybe you'll see clinical populations there in twenty twenty. That would be really cool. That'd be awesome. That would be cool. How was conference for you all? Uh, regionals was very tiring, but it was good. Um, we did a live episode, which was really yeah. cool. Um. Uh, good mix of people like students, professionals, educators. And then uh, I gave another presentation on um, performance-based uh, music therapy with a rock band with kids with disabilities. Nice. John, you you attended a different type of conference? I did. Uh, my company sent me to uh, uh, the National Association of Activity Professionals Conference. Um, so... Learned a lot about programming and uh, everything for assisted living and memory care activity program. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Cool. Yay, conferences. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, did you have yours recently? Uh, Mar, Mar, the Mid-Atlantic region was uh, early March. So it's been That's actually over, over a month now. Yeah, it's been a while. Oh, but wow. it, it, was, it, was, it was great. It's a, it's a pretty – Mar is always a large conference. We have about 700 plus. Whoa. And, um, and yeah, really, really great energy mm-hmm. and lots of, lots of great things going on. <clears throat> a lot of, uh, in the Mid-Atlantic region, we have a standing committee now for cultural humility, accessibility, diversity, Whoa. and inclusion. Um, and they're just, they do amazing, they are doing amazing things. And we're great to have, we're thankful to have it as a standing committee just to really, um, yeah, really uh, um, attend to the vo- voices out there of uh, of change. I mean, a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting changes happening in our profession, and I'm really excited to see how we're adapting to it in the region, but also as a profession. So, yeah, great. Um, anyways. 
Enough about conference. Let's get to the music. <laughs> Let's get to the music. Uh, today we have Valley of the Wind by Bryce Woodall. Enjoy. Oh uh-huh. 
And that was Valley of the Wind by Bryce Woodall. Yeah, Bryce. Uh, Bryce is a, um, he's a really, really, really dear friend of mine. And, you know, one of the most fascinating things for me is seeing the development over a period of time of a songwriter um, who has gone through many phases. Also knowing intimately what influences them as well, their favorite artists over time, the movies that that um, that influence them, um, the stories that influence them, and so I've known Bryce, uh, you know, since we were in undergrad together, and you know, Bryce um, and I both at the time really, really uh, idolized Dave Matthews. <laughs> Really? When, when, when I, when I, when we, when, you know, growing up in Virginia in the mid nineties, we would see, we would see Dave Matthews, uh, you know, I, I, I saw him almost every Tuesday at tracks in Charlottesville throughout the nineties. Um, was there when their Remember Two Things came out. Anyway, I, you know, got the chance to interview them when I was in 10th grade. No. I still have that tape. No. So, so my first, I saw them, I saw Dave Matthews with the Richmond Symphony. It was Valentine's Day. And I think it was like maybe 96, 1996. Um, And I was kind of in the back with my brother of this auditorium. And I see in the very front row, and everybody was kind of proper. I was used to dancing like a maniac at Dave Matthews shows. And here we are watching them with the Richmond Symphony. We're all kind of seated and, you know, everybody's kind of dressed up for it. And all of a sudden, I see this maniac in the front row stand up with long hair. He takes his shirt off. He starts whipping his shirt around. And he turns to everybody. And, like, I could tell that he's, I'm, he's mouthing the words. He's screaming it. But he's moving his hand wildly in the air. And I, I, I'm, I'm going, that guy's saying, get the fuck out. Like, he's yelling at everybody to get up, stand up. Because they were playing Tripping Billies at the time. Um and and I, I and I was like, who is that guy? We would be friends. A year later, like I'm at Virginia Commonwealth University at the time, before I went to Appalachian State University for music therapy, um, which is in Richmond, Virginia. And this guy's playing guitar in a stairwell with his friend in the dorms. And I was like, he has the most beautiful voice. Who is that? And I sat at the top of the stairwell and heard these two uh, kind of doing like these Indigo Girl style harmonies. And we got to talking and we just started talking about our, he, they were playing a Dave Matthews song. And, you know, um, we started talking about shows we've seen. And he mentions that show. I'm like, you're that guy. I was, I was like, you're, you're that dude that stood up. He's like, that was me. And so I knew right away we would be best buddies and we were best buddies. I went to my first rave with, with Bryce in the nineties. And, uh, and, you know, he was, you know, he's an amazing, uh, guitar, acoustic guitarist, uh, amazing vocalist. And as you could hear his latest work here, you know, I wouldn't say it sounds anything like Dave Matthews. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. So, 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 but, but to understand where he, where he has come from mm-hmm. and the life changes he has had um, to where he is today and Virginia's home mm-hmm. for him. And, um, 
you know, uh, we, we, we lived in Chicago for a while and he moved to Chicago and he lived there for quite some time, even after I moved back to the East coast. So to hear, you know, in the lyrics, um, you know, him talking about being back, you know, traveling back into the Valley, um, and, and kind of having a, you know, wandering back and having a sense of home. Um, but yet everything doesn't still, doesn't feel easy. It's something still a mess. The spies are still out, you know, all those qualities have always been with them kind of sentimental and yet a little bit paranoid. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know, it's, this has still got all the Bryce qualities. I still hear Bryce in the music. So, um, yeah, yeah, a long history with a with a really great friend and a good songwriter. Mm. Yeah, um, for those that don't know, Valley of the Wind is is based off of um, a graphic novel or movie. Um, so, like the whole song is kind of like based around this story. So, like the imagery comes from it too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, me, me. Azaki. Yes, Miyazaki. My favorite, yeah. um, when Bryce was describing the um, the lyrics, he said, the music and lyrics work together in a way that makes you feel safe and then a little bit paranoid. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, wow, this is pretty. Ah, is there a demon standing behind me? <laughs> you know, yeah. which, which is, I think a lot of his music kind of has that, that quality. Yeah. Um, when I was listening to it, there were musically there were two things that struck me um his voice reminds me me a lot of muse Mm. um so like starlight and like the um what's the one that's all like about like uh you'll not destroy us uh uh, uh, man what's the name of it i don't know (laughs) um but like the way yeah the way he holds out the melodies reminds me a lot of muse um and then, uh, man. oh, Uprising, that's the name of it. Um, and then uh, the music, for some reason, it reminded me of um, Willy Wonka. <laughs> like, hmm. like uh, um, what's the song? Pure Imagination. Like, um, yeah, Pure Imagination. That's not, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a really, think about that, especially the first one. And talk about kind of feeling safe, but being a little paranoid or, or being like a cute kids movie, but something really horrible is happening here. Um, like, you know, I, I, I think that's a perfect metaphor for how he would want this song to be described, actually. Yeah. It's trippy. <laughs> when I first heard it, it kind of reminded me of like the intro music to Stranger Things. Which definitely gives mm-hmm. off that paranoid vibe, and oh yeah, yeah, I definitely got that um, kind of safe but paranoid, and um, in both yeah. the music and the lyrics. Yeah, in Stranger Things, like in the first season, like probably the first episode when they're all playing D and D at the house, and they're and they um, they leave and they they're riding their bikes home. Um, you know, in that moment they're all safe and just kids and doing regular kid things. And the music really captures that. There's, I think the piece in that, and that soundtrack, I think the piece is called mm. kids. Maybe um, I, that's my favorite piece off of that soundtrack. Cause it captures something innocent, something um, 
a purity, but also something horrible <laughs> is about to happen or, you know, and, and I think in general, you know, just, you know, losing that safety and we all lose it. We all lose the comfort mm-hmm. of, you know, you know, if we're, yeah. if we're privileged enough to have it, we'll have to eventually leave that. And that, um, that, that, that's always there. And that's mm-hmm. really, really hard, you know? Right. And the future's unsure. It kind of says that in the like chorus or hook or whatever of the song. We'll just wait and see. Yeah. There's something. So when it, when dreaming of what breaks our heart is fine enough. So there's a, there's a sadness to that for me, you know, it's just, uh, you know, or, or I don't know. It's just like, there's, there's a complexity of emotions captured in the, in the piece that really is definitely yeah. um yeah endearing yeah. to it's kind of like this like utopian like you know those like utopian novels that like they make you read in high school like brave new world or like 1985 um kind of like that like it's supposed to be like super yeah. safe and super great but really it's like is it yeah you know the um when i think it was brian brian eno um, who coined the term ambient music. Uh, he, when he created ambient music, um, he wanted to distinctly make it different from Muzak and, and other new age music. And the way he described it was, you know, ambient music should not, it shouldn't strip away the humanity. Like it shouldn't just create like these, um, robotic environments like music and elevator music tries to do or or new age music tries to do like to create some kind of like virtual sound reality that's not human he wanted ambient music to carry with it um, kind of that the, uh, exactly what we're talking about a sense of um, yeah a sense of safety uh, but at the same time something, Underneath there is still kind of complex and daunting and and fear. The one album he created, uh, music for airports, it captures um, it captures the airport vibe of here we are in transition. We're all in this kind of liminal transitional space, but yet once we get in this tube and we take off, we all have the same feeling of oh my God, what does the fiery crash look like? (laughs) (laughs) And so you can't strip away that very human image that we all might have or some of us might have when we take off and and when we start to land, like we have this brief moment of like, hmm, and we picture the fiery crash. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I wonder if picturing the fiery crash is is a wonderful coping mechanism. Mm. Because it allows us to kind of move past the fear, or for some people, it might become overwhelming and and incapacitate them. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, but I, I think that is one of the things um, in this song that I experienced was that kind of complexity of 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 being at home and 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 being in this beautiful valley, while at the same time. Um, the demons are still there, you know. I like in the beginning of the song, um, the the chords are very dissonant and they kind of are, are jarring when you hear them. Right. Um, but as the song progresses, and I don't know, it may even be the same chords, but the way that they're framed, instead of it being that dissonance that I felt from the chords in the beginning, the chords um, 
after the lyrics are done in that uh, instrumental part, they're more like suspensions um, that just kind of keep you anticipating what's coming next. Um, And uh, where it had just been like block chords throughout the song, there's a lot more movement um, in the instrumental part there. I think it just kind of gives a little bit of imagery towards a bright future and, and the positivity that can come from that uncertainty. Yeah, I mean, speaking of like, you know, in music therapy, I always consider, with especially with songwriting, even if I'm only seeing people for a couple of sessions, that there will be a development of of um, of skill or development of style, and every songwriter is different. You know, like. Paul Simon would craft his material meticulously and someone like Neil Young or Bob Dylan just like has a, has a dream and they, they go off on it and, and it is what it is. Um, and so, you know, when you have a songwriter who has developed over time um, or you see development, I think you do start to see psychological growth and psychological development. Oh yeah. Um, you see new personalities and you see new coping mechanisms and skill. I think it's a, a certain skill that gets, you know, in groups like Radiohead, which I know is a huge influence for Bryce, um, Animal Collective or Aphex Twin, these artists who, who, who their music can feel very dystopian. Their music can feel very um, apocalyptic at sometimes, but at the same time, what always draws us in is there's a glimmer of hope and a glimmer of beauty that you can find within it. Um, and, and, and I think that really, you know, that as, as John was just talking to that, there's that dissonance, um, but then as the music shifts, it always offers the listener a glimmer of hope. And I think that that's, a, that's like I said before, that is, um, that's a coping mechanism. That's a, that's a way, and that's a resource. That's a positive resource that if people, the people we work with, if they can find that resource, that's a really powerful resource. And I think a lot of music, no matter whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, metal or any kind of music, you always, the artists are always creating out of a sense of love. And I think there's always a sense of hope in whatever music. And when you're a fan you, you of whatever genre, you veer towards that. You say, no, there's positivity and love here. And an outsider listens and goes, I only hear blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but yet a, a fan hears the hope. A fan hears the love, you know? Yeah, I am. Um... There, I was talking with someone when I was like in school who wasn't a musician, but found out that I was studying music therapy. And he was like, so what kind of music do you like? And I was like, well, I kind of like everything. Like, I feel like I have to like, you know, at least be aware of everything that's like, you know, being put out there. And um, he was like, no, like you, you got to like just one type of music. Like, what about like this type? <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, the fact that someone created something like should make you at least respect it. And like, even if it's not your cup of tea, um, like, I mean, it was created by someone out of like themselves. I mean, and you're saying like out of love, like, yeah, I think it, yeah. Every single piece of music or any kind of art that's like created, like it's not, it's 
it's the yeah. opposite. It's, it's the opposite. Of, it's the opposite of destruction. It's the opposite of chaos. To create something is to is to yeah is to create, and that is <laughs> that is in of itself a spiritual act. To you create, know? It's to create. We're <laughs> I mean, it's to make something. You know, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. You're not destroying yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. No, but right, putting some sort of order and uh, meaning behind this chaos and um, creating out of that. Um, and I really, that's kind of where I took um, how I would use this song in a session um, is have everyone give out the lyrics uh, and have everyone listen to the song um, and think about the lyrics. And they're kind of... Um, Ambiguous. I mean, I, I wouldn't have known just reading this that this was about um, an anime movie or anything. Um, but then have them listen again, um, but have some something to create, whether that be um, drawing a picture uh, or doing, you know, creating art or uh, maybe improvising um, to the song with musical instruments. Um, just finding an expression um, of how the song makes them feel and um, then discussing that uh, with, with the clients and processing through, you know, why they felt that way in the song or <clears throat> um, I don't know, see where the conversation leads. Yeah. Gabby, what about you? I uh, was really drawn to the end, um, just instrumental part. Um, with just like the synths and like the atmosphere. Um, uh, when I was uh, in grad school, I took um, a relaxation methods class um, with Dr. Nikki Cohen. Shout out, Dr. Nikki. Um, and uh, we were encouraged to find like the music that um, best helped us um, relax um and we were we were put into dyad partners and they were our partners for like the entire class and um we had to like meet with each other outside of class and go through different like relaxation scripts um and also like find different um types of music that uh we thought would be good for ourselves but also for our partner and then like we discuss it um just like every week, which is really cool. Um, so for me, it ended up being ambient music, um, which I know is not everyone else's cup of tea, but it's like, yeah. So like Brian Eno, I was like super into at that point. Um, and like that helped me a lot. Um, so I could see, yeah, like I think it'd be really cool to like work with someone to create music for their own relaxation purposes. Um, and like work on a script together and like our end project was we had to record um like a script for our partner to use um like in the future so i think it'd be super cool to work with a client um who would need that like um relaxation methods and um yeah like create music and create a script yeah yeah i think yeah. for for me the um especially in an ambient soundscape like Bryce has created. And by the way, for great ambient music, Aphex Twin 
has an album called Selected Ambient Works, 85 through 92. You get a sense of ambient music not being placid or new agey, but ambient music really capturing the qualities I discussed earlier. The Orb is great ambient music. Um, and and this is a great ambient piece. And, and the reason being is because it does create a picture of an environment um, and holds it. I mean, you can even, when you have headphones on and you listen to this piece, you hear the wind blowing. And I, I don't know, if I, oh, sometimes I thought it was like a crowd roaring or, or some, you know, it created imagery for me right away. And his voice, you know, I didn't know, if I didn't have the lyrics, his voice just becomes instrumental and part of the ambience. And and for me, ambient music has always been a place of contemplation. So I do my best work and thinking and clearing out a space when I, um, a mental space when I'm listening to ambient music. Oh my gosh, me too. Um, and it, has to, <laughs> it has to be good ambient music. Yeah. You know, you know what's great ambient music is um, on YouTube. There's the lo-fi hip hop channel. Yes. Oh my gosh. And it, it's the best study music. Yes, it's the <laughs> yes. best. And, and that is ambient music. It's chill out hip hop stuff, but because it creates a space to think and work, it becomes part of the environment. It becomes part of your office. It becomes part of your thinking space. And so I don't think ambient music is just new agey music. It's any music that holds a space to create environment for redesigning your 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 life or, or, or doing creative work and getting into a zone. And so for me, you know, kind of a combination of what you all said, but it also informs um, how ambient music helps to um, create that space where people can, yeah, contemplate and recreate, you know. Have you guys ever listened to like movie soundtracks slowed down? No. Yeah, like like it's called is it like a lot of that is called oftentimes when they do it with albums, it's called chopped yeah. and screwed. Like they'll, <laughs> they'll slow it down to like twenty five beats per minute. Like yeah, yeah, it's nuts. I sometimes I listen I love to that. that stuff. Yeah, like the Harry Potter soundtrack is like nuts. <laughs> like it's yep. so cool. Um. Oh man, yeah, I do that too. I can't write or like yeah without like. I have to listen to lo-fi, like chill hop or something ambient to, to write. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. I think, I think that's the, um, one of the great qualities of ambient music is when you're contemplating something or you're going through something, it, it provides space for you to, to just meditate on it and find a resource, a positive mm-hmm. resource from it, find a glimmer of hope. Mm-hmm as Jonathan noted, was in the soundscape. So good. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I have anything else to say. What do you think, John? Um, Yeah, I think I said (laughs) said all my my points here on my paper. All right. (laughs) Okay. Um, Mike, do you have anything else you want to say? No, you know, I just, you know, the, again, the, um, the developmental aspect, you know, the, I think the fact that even being on a podcast, a music therapist who gets to listen to my friend's work 
and to know the developmental history, um, you know, it's, it's quite fascinating to see human growth and development through the lens of, of people's artistic creations. And, um, you know, when you get into any artist in that way, it really makes you sit back and, and consider your own growth and development. Um, and so, yeah, I think just sitting with that as I reflect on Bryce's new work, you know, and, and the clinical implications of that, of how, of what we do in therapeutic songwriting is to develop and to nurture that and insight and openness to, to oneself is, is quite powerful in of itself. Mm-hmm. Does it need any other outcome? That's, that's enough. Yeah. Like, um, like my entire like thesis or professional project, yeah. whatever in grad school was exactly. like, yeah. So the songwriting journal was like, it's experiential, um, so that you can like work on, you know, yourself and learn about yourself, um, through creating these songs in like different ways. Have um, you plugged that yet on the show? No, I haven't because Girl, you got to take some time and plug I, that. I can't plug it because it's not even it published yet. Uh, it's true. Not, you got to publish it. It's that. not that's published true. yet. I need, Gabby I'm waiting. has created a journal <laughs> for self-growth through songwriting. That is amazing audience. And you will, you will find it. Yes. It, it will be coming out. Um, we're, we're aiming for the fall. Um, it's called space, nice. like we're talking about now, how like mm-hmm. you know, creating space, yes. it's called space. Um, and it's like a space for music therapists and music therapy students to, um, grow in their songwriting skills by exploring, like, you know, creating songs, like the art of songwriting, but also exploring themselves. Um, and, uh, we're working on the edits right now, um, and hoping to release in the fall. Um, <laughs> I was a little nervous about plugging it. <laughs> um, shameless plug. <laughs> I don't know if it's shameless. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, all right. So that was uh, Valley of the Wind by Bryce Woodall. Um, if you guys enjoyed this episode and also want to hear some behind the scenes ASMR from um, <laughs> from the Mikey V one two three. You can uh, support us um, by checking out our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash clinical populations. Um, there's different levels of um, of donations, and each donation like gets you a different thing, um, like bloopers, stickers, uh, pre releases of episodes. Um, also, if you would like to sponsor an episode like your private practice or um, a side hustle you have or whatever, um, feel free to contact us and uh, we'd love to uh, spread the word about your product or company or whatever you do. Um, a $500 donation will get you a full hour of me doing an ASMR video <laughs> of reading an introduction to music therapy. Y'all, it would be completely worth like it. Like a feller $500, I will do an ASMR version of reading an introduction to music therapy by Davis Cafeller and Taut. Guaranteed. I, I, I might actually shell out the money for that. 
I will I will skip out on my I'll skip out on my student loan payment for the month. Let's see, man. Exactly. Let's see. Got to be bold. Got to put it out there. Five hundred dollars. I'll do it. What's one thousand dollars going to get them? I don't know. I'll think about it. <laughs> Limoncello, limoncello, a limoncello version of me doing ASMR. Oh Lord! Oh man. Okay. Well. <laughs> anyways, here's Bryce. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.
And this was Clinical Population. That's a wrap. The ASMR. That's a wrap. And that's a wrap. <laughs> the, the ASMR version. And we are going to end this episode. Right. And this episode was brought to you by Limoncello Beer and Iced Tea. And Steel Brushes. <laughs> <laughs> Combing your hair. <laughs> Combing your hair. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce, for your music. <laughs> I'm sorry for Mike. <laughs> Have fun editing this. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you.